Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Inside the Boards podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping you learn to think like a question writer so you can study smarter, not harder, and succeed in medical school. And now here's your host, Patrick Beeman. Welcome back, Boards Insiders. I am your host, Patrick Beeman. This episode's a little special. You'll hear something different. We've included an excerpt from an interview conducted by another podcaster who wanted to talk to me and Stuart about how we started the ITB platform, how we got into medicine, and some other topics. It gets a bit philosophical. Greg Rodden hosts the Med School Fizz podcast, which I highly recommend, especially for you second years gearing up for boards prep. The full almost 45-minute interview is live now. Just go to iTunes or your favorite podcatcher, search for Med School Fizz with spaces, Greg's aim is to help medical students learn and review high-yield material for their classes and board exams. Sound familiar? Check it out and support his work. This excerpt's uh, about 30 minutes. If you want to listen to the full one, you'll get some advice on how to choose a specialty using Stuart as a guinea pig, which we like to do here on the ITB podcast, as well as a little bit more about how we started the Inside the Boards platform. Before we launch into the interview, though, please hear this appeal. Number one, updates. Our 2018 Study Smarter series for the USMLE Step 1 and Comlex Level 1 launches March 15th. Join us while we dissect multiple choice questions and hear from leading medical educators and companies who support free open access medical education and are committed to helping you succeed on your boards. Who's helping with the Study Smarter series? This time we've got a ton. We'll be joined by representatives from Online MedEd, Med School Coach, Osmosis, StatMed Learning, which is a very exciting couple interviews I just recorded with Ryan Orwig, those from Lecturio, and even Kaplan Medical. Plus, stay tuned for some special offers from these companies just for Inside the Board's listeners throughout the Study Smarter series. So this is important. We'll be moving over our Step 1-related content to a separate podcast channel, specifically named the Inside the Board's Study Smarter series for the USMLE Step 1 and Comlex Level 1. So after March 6th, look it up on iTunes and subscribe to get updates. 
The current channel that you're listening to now will still have content, more like the interview-style shows you're used to hearing from us, but we wanted to kind of reorganize things to make it easier to find the USMLE Step 1 content and leave this channel open for a broader audience, if you will. Next, here is my appeal. We need your help with the ITB podcast. We want to build more community around Inside the Boards and make this a platform where our listeners are involved in the creation, creative direction, and continued growth of the show. I'm going to mention a few ways that you can help ITB. And for each listener, I know your time and money are valuable, valuable resources. And this is in large part why we started this podcast, to help you redeem some of your time and money when it comes to studying for the boards. So if it's helping, consider doing at least one of the following. First, become part of our community. How can you do this? Well, we'd appreciate if you'd please spread the word, whether that's sharing ITB on social media, telling your friends, emailing them to let them know what we're doing, or leaving a five-star rating of this ITB podcast or the Study Smarter podcast on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at Boards Insider. Tweet me questions that you want asked or dealt with on the podcast. Offer advice, criticisms. We'll take it all. You can do the same thing. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook where we're just inside the boards. Or go to our website to join our email list for exclusive offers, content, and to stay informed about ITB goings-on. But besides spreading the word, Inside the Boards is a free podcast. I've taken time off of full-time clinical practice for at least the next few months to work full-time on medical education and ITB. I'll be frank with you, I would like to turn this into a viable business. And to this end, we're seeking company-level sponsorships so that we can pay an audio editor to streamline our publication process, allowing us to produce more content. But we also need some updated computer hardware to hire someone to revamp our website, funding to build our app for the audio QBank, and a lot more. It's not free or easy to produce this show. We'd like to keep the content free for you. We're not asking for a lot, but we've got a few ways you can do this. You can become a Boards Insider patron. On our homepage at InsideTheBoards.com, there's a big button that says Support ITB. If you click the link, it'll take you to a page that offers the ability to give a one-time donation via PayPal or Square Cash. Or, and this is what I'm most excited about, become our patron on Patreon or Podbean. You can even do it from the Podbean app, which if you haven't downloaded it yet, highly recommend it. They have been great to us. For as little as $1 or $5 per month, you can help contribute to the growth of our platform. And here's my pledge for you, or to you. If we get to $300 in monthly donations, we will offer a Step 2 Study Smarter series beginning in July or August. We get tens of thousands of downloads per month, so I'm really just asking for our most loyal Boards Insiders to make a small contribution towards the goal of a Step 2 Study Smarter series. On either Podbean's patron page or Patreon, there are varying levels of support from $1 on. With higher monthly pledges, you'll gain access to our patron-only Facebook Study Smarter group, where we'll be offering study help and semi-weekly live webinars, group study session kind of things from April through June to help offer some accountability, coaching, study advice. And for higher pledge levels, you also get access to things like the Audio QBank or an ad-free version of the 2017 Study Smarter series. But I will tell you that 
few things make me happier than connecting with members of our audience. Uh, You guys have sent thank you email after thank you email. I've seen so many comments saying nice things about us on Facebook or other social media. I'll be honest, I love interacting with medical students, which I don't get to do clinically now that I'm just doing a more kind of like private practice OB hospitalist gig for my clinical work. But you guys still have some of that idealism in you that I had before I entered medicine as a profession. But as cliched as it sounds, um, that idealism that persists early on in med school, it's inspiring, especially to those of us who've been in the profession for a little bit longer. It's the sort of thing that helps inspire me to keep serving you through ITB and honestly makes me a better doctor. Plus, I think forming a positive community around a difficult task like the boards can help put some things into perspective when you're feeling overwhelmed. So whether you send a one-time donation via PayPal or Square Cash or become our patron, you'll join a community of ITB fans and be able to connect with me so we can help each other a little more directly. And speaking of gifts, on that support page, you can also pre-order an ad-free version of the 2017 Study Smarter series. We're not taking away this content by any means. You can find it on all your favorite podcatchers, but but if you want to help support the ITB podcast for a $25 donation or at certain patronage levels on Patreon or Podbean, we'll send you a special ad-free version of last year's Study Smarter series so you don't have to listen to me drone on like this at the beginning of the shows for like 10 minutes and get straight to the learning and content. So that's just our way of trying to offer a thank you for your support, and we'll send those files out at the launch of this year's Study Smarter series. Finally, you can always purchase a subscription to our ITB All Audio QBank. Just go to insidetheboards.com and click the Audio QBank link on the navigation menu. Regardless of whether you purchase the clinical version, powered by Online MedEd, or the preclinical step one version, powered by Osmosis, and soon featuring content from Lecturio as well, you'll get access to all the content. I know it's a little confusing, but we had to create separate options to organize the content. Long story. But you're a second year and you purchase a one-year access subscription now to help with your step one boards prep. You'll have the step two questions available for you when you get into your third year clerkships. And if you purchase from our website, we'll add you to a special private podcast feed on Podbean within 48 hours. Alternatively, you can go to our Podbean page at insidetheboards.podbean.com, where you can get instant access to one, three, six, or 12-month subscriptions. And until April 1st, we're also offering an extra month of access to everyone who purchases a three-month subscription via the Podbean Premium channel. So insidetheboards.podbean.com. So that's all. Sorry that took so long. Thank you for listening through. Thank you for supporting us, sharing us with your friends, continuing to listen and inspire us. If you have any questions, send us an email to podcast at insidetheboards.com. Thank you, Patrick and uh, Stuart, for joining joining me on this call here. I'm, I'm excited to interview you guys and uh, get to know a little bit about you and your, your project uh, at Inside the Boards. You guys are doing great work, and I want to support you and let everyone know about you and um, highlight your uh, your stories a little bit here. And uh, maybe we'll get into a little bit of medical content at some point. But if we don't, at the very least, uh, people will get to hear about two uh, fascinating 
figures in uh, in the podcasting world. <laughs> well, <laughs> thanks. I appreciate that. I, ITB has come uh, a long way, and publicly would like to just say thanks to to Stuart for getting involved. Um, really, the the big success in terms of our platform has been the podcast. And the podcast has been a big success in large part because Stuart came aboard last, well, I guess, 2016, end of 2016. And at a critical juncture when I wanted to do this Step 1 Study Smarter series. And just looking the other day at the, the number of episodes we released during that March through early June timeframe, that was so much work. I can't believe I was able to pull that off in that time frame while working full time as an OBGYN. And the reason why I can't believe it is because I didn't pull it off. It was it was totally not just me. So thanks, Stuart. You're you're a swell guy. <laughs> I appreciate that, Patrick. It was a kind of ridiculous number of episodes we put out, but he's already told me that um, I should probably tone down the uh, <clears throat> promises or uh, goals for this year's iteration that will launch March fifteenth, which was the date we launched last year. But the podcast is the thing I think that, at least for I think I speak for Stuart, that the part that we love the most about inside the boards because podcasting is such an awesome medium. I mean, there's probably 10 to 15 podcasts I listen to somewhat regularly. So thanks for having us on your show and also being a fellow podcaster and using this medium to teach people because it's really helpful. Yeah, I'm excited to do it. I've, it was a project that I wanted to get started. And the only barrier to entry was just me going out and looking up how to how to start a podcast. And it took like less than a day to get to get things up and running it was it was ridiculous i'm also doing everything on the cheap though so uh, I, I don't have nearly the the production quality that uh that some other people have but but yeah it's a very fun project and it's very rewarding and i love to teach so so that's uh that was awesome. most of my motivation to get the conversation started, a couple of things that i wanted to ask you uh, ask you both about were kind of the standard questions of you know what brought you into medicine how did you get get the idea for the podcast all all of those kinds of things i say um, Stuart should start <laughs> under oh, yeah. the bus so so which uh which one of the what question i why did i get into medicine yeah yeah so okay. so you're back in the interview room and uh, <laughs> yeah that's scary i'm i'm real happy that's over you know uh so I, I guess I was already always like the smart kid in high school and before that and kind of a delinquent because I was not really uh, having to pay any attention. But my dad's a dentist. My parents really wanted me to do dentistry because, you know, my dad's got a practice and set up and everything. And being the you know, revolutionist or punk that I was, I ran away from that kind of life and uh, decided I wanted to do medicine instead. You know, that that's really what it came down to is. Dude, you're like a parent's to... dream. Your adolescent rebellion involved going, uh, pursuing a career in medicine. <laughs> <laughs> pretty badass. Yeah. You know, my parents always were like trying to get me into science stuff. So I would do dentistry and I, I just did the other thing really. And for me, I would say I was pretty smart in high school, too. Probably the smartest kid in my high school, which I say tongue in cheek because I was homeschooled. So 
Mm-hmm. It's a joke. Ah, I see what you did. So I was a philosophy major. I went to, I was homeschooled and then went to college, like the local community college. When I was 15, my parents used to drive me there and drop me off. It was so embarrassing. And I fell in love with learning after that first semester. I met an English professor who had a very kind of like a wide interest in um, the intellectual life in general. And I had planned to be a rock star. And if anyone listens to our podcast, they can probably tell I really love music. Also, more to come on that with our podcast soon. I've got some awesome things in the work from the, the music aspect. But I decided halfway into that semester that I loved learning. I just loved learning. So I'm like this 15 and a half year old kid decides to major in philosophy at the under the mentorship of this uh, professor. And I really threw myself into reading and trying to consume anything I could about the kind of like Western intellectual tradition, learning about philosophy and theology and poetry. And it just, oh man, I loved it, right? So I get to the, I end up transferring to Franciscan University of Steubenville, which is in Southern Ohio. It's uh, dangerously close to West Virginia. And about 2,500 kids there. I majored in philosophy and theology. And my final semester, I saw uh, Dr. Edmund Pellegrino, who has since passed away. He's been called the father of bioethics, prolific writer, maintained uh, dual appointments in the departments of medicine and philosophy at Georgetown for years, was even the president of uh, Catholic U of America for a while. He had such a diverse career. And I heard him speak about like the nature of the patient-physician relationship. And at the time, I was also reading a lot of Marx, and not that I'm a Marxist, but uh, Marx's political philosophy is one that starts with a call to action. Philosophy should be something practical. It should do something. It shouldn't just be in an ivory tower. And that kind of resonated with me. And I thought, how can I take what I believe about human dignity and our need to help other people, that we are, you know, a, a communal species or social animals, as Aristotle said, how can I put that into more practical kind of uh, a life. And I was like, oh, I could be a doctor like uh, Dr. Pellegrino. That senior semester enrolled in general chemistry one to see if I could hack it. And keep in mind, I was homeschooled. And that meant that my science training was not as robust, I think, as other people's. And I was able to do it. And I liked it. I was like, whoa, I like this stuff. It's not that bad. I took my BA and then was like, yeah, I think I'm going to try to go and see if I can get into med school. And that's what I did. (laughs) Sometimes I question that decision because I could be a very happy philosophy professor somewhere right now uh, with a lot more time to write poetry and novels and things like that. But it, it really came down like the cliche to helping people. And that's really what sustained me as a, as a practicing uh, physician and helping not just patients, but also like the Hippocratic Oath kind of enjoins us to do to, you know, freely hand on that knowledge to others who want to learn the art of medicine. And in some sense, I see doing what we're doing, you know, your podcast, our podcast, it's taking that Hippocratic idea of mentoring and and sharing, you know, the art of medicine with others seriously in a modern context. Cool. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Can I just like point out how like robust and eloquent of a answer that was compared to mine? Like that was the <laughs> one that got you into medical school. Mine is more like the like what is this punk doing here kind of answer? <laughs> well, I always like, I get real self-conscious. I'm like, maybe I need to tone it down. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I should not tell people what uh, actually, uh, you know, I'm thinking. All right. Well, cool. Cool. So those were, uh, those were great answers. And I mean, something that I think that most people who go into medicine can, can identify with is my motivation was, I mean, basically the standard, I really like science and I want to help people. And uh, this seems like a killer way to uh, to do that. So that's basically what it boils down to. So before uh, before Patrick uh, jumped in on the call, Stuart mentioned that you had uh, some kind of history or background in radio. So what's uh, what's the deal with that? Well, my dad did. So he actually was a an operations manager for a few um, evangelical Christian radio stations growing up till I was probably about 12. He did that full time. He was like a, a morning show host. And in the context in which I was raised, like that was the coolest thing ever because, you know, like the music I would listen to as like, you know, eight or nine years old, we would go pick these artists up from the airport, like for concerts that their stations were promoting. And then I'd get to like hang out in the studio and watch like them perform like uh, live versions of their songs. And I just, you know, number one, I thought my dad was like the coolest person ever. Right. And, and secondly, it instilled in me kind of an appreciation for music and a kind of sense of home when I'm around audio equipment, I guess. I myself don't have a background in radio. I wish, but I don't think my voice is deep enough. And when I'm really tired, I tend to mispronounce things like in a terrible way. That's quite embarrassing. So I probably wouldn't be able to hack it. So that's the beauty though of podcast is post-production. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, it's, it sounds like you kind of, uh, peripheral exposure and, and I mean, even, even some, some exposure up close and personal to the radio world and, uh, and to music. And, um, one thing that I, that I really love about, uh, your guys' uh, podcast is, is how you promote music on it. And you have the tracks playing like at the beginning and the end. And one, it serves as a great intro. And two, it's like a just another good thing that you could do for uh, for the community for. I mean, part of it is selfish, right? Like, number one, <laughs> okay. I want no like no one likes my music. When I was a chief resident and I got to control the radio and the OR, I'm pretty sure people, you know, hated their jobs uh, <laughs> when I was in the OR because my music, my musical tastes are eclectic. But part of what I include in that eclecticism is, you know, some screamo kind of stuff, uh, things that are not really mainstream. And I really am attracted to artists who have something to say, like... Because, or scream. Or scream, or scream. Or but scream. but the more so like the... I, I really like lyricists, people who are really poets in a modern context. They're, 
they're writing songs for the radio or for 10,000 listeners or a thousand listeners as some of the bands that, that I listen to um, have. And I, I just feel like, man, I, I just want to promote this. But yeah, thanks. I, I appreciate that. I, that's like my, that's one of my favorite parts too about the podcast is trying to find artists. And then um, I just like, don't really give up in terms of trying to find out who to call to get permissions. It's kind of a complex world to secure the permissions to use them legally. But, you know, I've connected with some artists that I really like by doing this. And now now we have like a decent listen, listenership. So if the band that I like has, you know, 10,000 listens on Spotify, I feel like oh, I could probably get them to let me use this. And they'll, you know, it's free promotion for them. It sounds awesome. I'm sharing something I love with other people, and they'll probably let me do it for free, which is usually my goal. Yeah. So, what about you, Stuart? Does he uh, does he let you uh, choose any of the music for uh, for the intro? Yeah, we've got a collaborative playlist. Hey, <laughs> a little Spotify thing going. I, I mean, we have pretty um, similar taste, I would say. I, I actually I have phased out a lot of the like more hardcore stuff at this point for myself. I think what he means is he's matured. But, but I actually, that was one of the first things like when I reached out to Patrick is because he played uh, angels and airways, which was like the band that's like, you know, your high school, middle school music that defines you. Right. Uh, Like that was like 32 year old. Well, for me, like, (laughs) like that was the age you know, 2007, 2008, that was kind of the music I was listening to. And as, uh, as one more, uh, as one more anecdote, the, uh, OBGYN that I worked with for, uh, for that rotation, he, uh, he would sing in the, in the OR as he's like sewing up someone, <laughs> someone's labia or whatever. Like he, he would just be like singing like to the Eagles or whatever. Uh, and, and he knew, I swear he knew every song on the radio that, that would come up, whether it was the latest pop song that I had no idea what it was or some, some stuff from like the sixties and seventies and, uh, and onwards. Uh, so I, I'd say he was probably one of, uh, one of my favorite doctors to work with, uh, someone oh, cool. who, uh, someone who enjoyed music. So to, to add to that, that's actually kind of why I got into the audio stuff it is because of what you just said there is you can remember the lyrics to these songs from God knows back way back when, like you may not hear it for years, but when it comes on, like you, you just like, it jogs your memory and you know it. And and that's sort of like the relationship that I want to have with the audio and and to be able to like, you know, I may not be able to pull it up cold, but if the right scenario presents itself, I can just, that comes to mind, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's (laughs) something the medievals recognized as well, because before, you know, there was a printing press, you had these monks who, would uh, memorize vast portions of the Bible. And uh, a lot of them would memorize the entirety of the the Psalms. And I think the reason that it's easier to remember lyrics to music or poetry is, uh, it tends to be, I think, the meter and the, the kind of like uh, qualities of that type of speech that uh, kind of helps it sink into your mind or the repetition um, or adding another 
component to trying to remember it, and that is the oral component, you know? Because if anybody is sat reading, you know, Robbins, right, trying to read about, like, the components of the glomerulus, if you are trying to remember, okay, these are the, you know, three components of the filtration barrier, and it's it's easier when you say it out loud if you're trying to actually memorize something. It's just true. Certainly, yeah. I mean, the the more the more you engage with whatever whatever you're uh, trying to learn, uh, whether it's adding in components of audio, visual, both repetition, like you said, all of those all of those things will will help. Uh, certainly. So, Patrick, you're you're already a practicing OBGYN, uh, and then Stuart, you're kind of up in the air about uh, about what you're uh, thinking about doing. So, I wanted to talk to you guys about how you how you all chose the paths that you're either going down, whether that's OBGYN or planning to go down. How did I choose OBGYN? So, actually, this also comes a little bit back to philosophy, since that is my background. In part, the practical reasons I chose OBGYN were I liked the OR and I liked one-to-one patient interactions, but I did not like my general surgery rotation. But OBGYN was cool because I could still do the OR thing. There's a lot of activity involved. It's action. You're uh, using your hands. And it was only a four-year residency. And it had the ability to go into something that I also cared about, which was um, GYN oncology. I subsequently decided I could not handle any more graduate medical education. It's not for me, so I'll just be a generalist. I chose OBGYN for those practical points. And broader level, I guess it was because I thought, as far as physicians go, many physicians are not formally trained in in ethics to the extent that I was. I, I have a master's in philosophy, too. And um, I really liked bioethics, and that's a perfect place for medicine and philosophy to meet, right? And as far as ethical issues go, I thought "Mm, OBGYN probably has the most. So if I want to have an academic career and I want to write on things and want to have material, I should probably become an expert in both things because it adds legitimacy. Like doctors will listen to me from the bioethics perspective, and then the non-clinically trained bioethicists will, I'll be able to correct some of the misunderstandings or clinical, not quite accurate information from which sometimes ethical decisions are made by non-practitioners of the art of medicine. So there was that. But I struggled between psych and OBGYN. And when it came down to it, I was like, I don't think I can give up the OR. I'm going to do OBGYN. And also like I find it so tragic that there are so many medical students who, at the end of third year, they have a shell of the idealism that brought them to consider a career in medicine, right? Talk to residents, especially in some specialties. By the end of their their training, it's just like, uh, where do I sign for my contract? And then you get into practice, and it's like people are demanding things from you that aren't like necessary or part of the nature of being a physician, you know, like, you know, you need to see like all these patients per day, but, but really your idea of being a doctor was sit down, get to know people, talk to them, build a relationship, a a meaningful relationship that's not just transactional, right? And can you really do that with all these responsibilities and not a lot of means or help to do it in 15 minutes or 10 minutes? 
no, I don't think so. So like, I refuse to do it. I refuse to like, I like, I'm not going to see patients in 10, 15 minute slots, even if I can, I'm not going to force patients into that mold as a physician. Like, I just don't think it's right. And it depends on the specialty too, and your style of practice, right? You know, you asked the question, why'd you go into medicine? I've been asking myself that a lot for the past probably five years, honestly. And I think it's important to remember why, to consider why, and to, to know yourself. And don't, don't let uh, the constraints of life or your job or what your school's doing or requires of you crowd out like your reason for doing it and and staying true to that kind of conviction and belief because what we do is it's pretty awesome you know it becomes routine right but if you take a step back objectively and think about the crazy stuff you have to do in medical school like we dissect a human body that's odd right it's odd but it's normal for us when i go to the or like i'm cutting open somebody's body during a C-section and touching their bowels and opening up their uterus, sometimes saving their life by holding pressure and tying up some severed vessel or, or, or whatever. But like what we do is, is an awesome responsibility, regardless of what specialty you're in. That's me preaching to myself. Well, cool. Um, so Stuart, any, uh, any input there? You know, with the way the healthcare system is changing, I, I feel like we are less able to handle that role that Patrick is talking about. And, um, you know, they're creating these other kind of jobs for, you know, you've got your nurse practitioners and your PAs and, you know, other people that are able to really see patients and spend time with them. And they're kind of remolding the whole doctor job to be a, uh, you're, you're more, you're really just a diagnostician you come in, you figure out what's wrong so you can fix them. And that's assuming it's more complicated than anybody else can handle. And really the whole job of talking with and getting to know people is, you know, kind of under fire, I feel like. (laughs) All that said, I'm interested in doing like surgical stuff. And I, I can relate with Patrick talking about being in the anatomy lab and having these moments where, you're like, what am I doing right now? And then having to put that aside to actually do the work, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I would really encourage people actually to really consider what the, the nature of the doctor-patient relationship is. I would refer people to anything by Edmund Pellegrino. Um, just Google his name. You'll find a lot of uh, articles that he has about humanism and medicine and um, the philosophy of, of medicine. But it's important to, I think, realize that we're not applied biologists, right? Medicine is different. Like a lot of people, you yourself said, I was interested in science and I wanted to help people. So kind of like the natural um, kind of conclusion of that is, is to go into medicine. Um, and, and, and while that's true, but I think the mistake a lot of people make ideologically is to think medicine is a science and not an art that uses science uh, as a uh, standalone kind of discipline. And, and because of that, because it uses science and is not itself a science, there are sort of implications to what 
being a doctor is that are different than what, say, being a scientist is. When it's 2 a.m., I can't think this is my job. I have to go deliver this baby. I have to think I'm a doctor here to serve this patient. And I think you can do that sort of thought experiment and what that looks like, regardless of what specialty you go to. All right. So I don't think anyone expected this uh, conversation to turn into this, but how did you guys come up with the idea for the for the podcast? That's Patrick. Okay. So I was the uh, director of uh, content for an osteopathic QBank starting as a second year resident. And I had written or edited thousands of practice style like Comlex or, or USMLE style questions. And I learned a lot about the nature of of test taking, what makes a good question, and how you can apply the principles that the National Board of Medical Examiners uses as author's guidelines for their material to what you study. There's, in my mind, a lot of like shortcuts or principles of good test taking that if you know them, you can retroactively apply that to your study, and it can help you sift through uh, information um, that will likely be irrelevant from a testing perspective. So I thought, hmm, maybe I can articulate this. So I'm going to write a book. Um, so that at that point, I was like a end of third year of residency. So I've been uh, working with the this osteopathic QBank for about two years. And I started writing uh, a book, which I said, all I'll do is make like essentially blog posts because I can manage, you know, like two-ish pages maybe once a week, and that'll turn into something. And as I started writing, um, and I had these ideas, I finish up residency, so I had a lot of time on my hands, so, and I was like, well, I may as well make, you know, good use of this um, when I'm not doing OBGYN stuff. I'll work on this inside the boards idea. And then I started learning about business and marketing and looking at how to disseminate information so that more people will hear it and it will provide value. And I just started thinking about myself a little bit. Like, what do I enjoy? Like, how did I study? What things worked for me? And I was like, you know what? Like, I love podcasts. And so I looked and there wasn't really one. And writing a book um, as a start is a bad business idea nowadays and probably wouldn't have as much of an effect as putting that sort of content into an audio medium, especially in 2000, end of 2015, when podcasts were sort of having, and even now, are having kind of a revival in interest. And a lot of different uh, production companies are putting out just awesome content that you can listen to when you're running or working out or driving. And I just thought, let's put inside the boards the idea that I had for a book into a podcast and other things like an online course. And eventually I'll write the book like when I get more time. (laughs) So it was like October 2015, I registered the business name and we launched the podcast in July of 2016. And then I think Stuart and I connected in November-ish of 2016. Stuart was like, I love podcasts too. And I was like, oh yeah, prove it. And he proved it. Honestly, I probably would have shut down the podcast like 20 times during the course of the past uh, two years had it not been for your help. And honestly, the every time I was like, uh, this is too much, I can't be an OBGYN, be an adequate dad and do all this other stuff. 
and still do this podcast and and build inside the boards. But then I'd get like, then Stu would be like, hey, there's this thing I'd like to do for the show. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. And then a student would email and be like, thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. Please keep putting out content. I'm like, ah, all right, fine. I love inside the boards. Being able to connect with med students even in a small way like that. And I honestly, I just wish I had had something like that to listen to besides Golion uh, when I was a medical student. So it's there's a need there. And so someone needs to fill it. And at the time, no one was really filling it that much. And I thought, well, I guess I can do it. With ITB, all I want to do really is is help students feel more confident when it comes to tests to alleviate some of the anxiety they have around this testing series that we have to take where we always feel like we're under the gun, or at least some of us do or did. And I, I want to give them back at least some small portion of their life so that they can continue to have a sense of white space in their life for other things besides being a medical student or being a doctor, like being a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a spouse or a dad or a mom or or a writer or whatever. Um, and I think there's a way to make it so that studying doesn't consume every bit of you or that being a doctor doesn't consume every bit of you so that the parts that you give to it, you're able to give completely, if that makes sense. And thanks to Sam and Alex from Magic Man for letting us use the track Out of Mind off their 2014 album Before the Waves, which GQ described as 12 tracks of alt joy. To hear more, check them out at magicmanmusic.com or follow them on facebook.com slash magicmanmusic. As always, thanks for listening and sharing Inside the Boards with your friends. Inside the Boards is not affiliated with the United States Medical Licensing Examination, Comprehensive Osteopathic Medical Licensing Examination, National Board of Medical Examiners, National Board of Osteopathic Medical Examiners, or any other licensing or examination body. All exam names or other trademarks are the property of the respective trademark owners. Content discussed during this program is the property of Inside the Boards, or the attributed owner and may not be reproduced without permission from the appropriate entity. Inside the Boards fully adheres to the respective policies on irregular behavior outlined by the aforementioned credentialing bodies. All content discussed is for educational purposes and should not be construed as medical advice.